Well, brothers and sisters, it's good that you're here today. It's good that you came to Mass to brave the October weather in Montana to get here. Can I ask you a question, though? What motivated you to come? Why are you here? What motivated you to come to Mass this day? Now, there's right answers and there's real answers, right? So some of you, maybe our younger crew is like, I'm here because my parents dragged me. That's why I'm here, right? Some of you are like, I'm here because it's less painful with my spouse if I join her or him, right? All sorts of reasons, even good reasons. I'm here because I feel better when I come to Mass. I'm here because the church asked me. All that's fine. It's good you're here. Whatever reason you're here, it's good that you're here. But let's go to the best reason to come to Mass. The reason I come to Mass is to let Jesus love me and to love him back. That's the best reason, to let Jesus love me and then to love him back. That's what it has to be if we're really living a Christian life. See, that's why we're here. We come to Mass to receive love and to give love back, to be formed in mature Christian love, to be formed in it. And we need to be formed in it. That's Christianity. It is authentic. See, the motor that drives a real and properly ordered Christian life is love. It's nothing other than love. Not a slavish obedience to rules or fulfilling obligations and duty, even though rules and obligations exist in a loving relationship. They do, but at the heart of a good and proper relationship, there ought to be love. It's love that is the motor, love that helps us fulfill our obligations, meet our duties, even follow certain rules. But if love is at the center, then the way in which we meet those duties or fulfill those obligations or even follow the rules changes. If love is lacking, then, then we get into a distorted view of who God is and what God wants. See, he wants us to give a free gift of ourselves to him because that's how he is. God is love. He's not compelled to do anything, but he chooses in freedom to give himself a free gift of self given to us. And that beckons us to respond. St. Teresa of Avila says, love calls for love in response. See, it's God who loves us first, but he beckons us, he invites us to choose freely to love him in response. The problem is this. Our sinfulness blinds us to that truth. We don't see things properly. Analogy, like I have bad eyesight. I can't tell right now if you're good looking or bad looking because you're all just a blur. I can't see things correctly. And that's true also in the spiritual life. Sin enters and distorts the way in which we see reality. We can't see things properly. And if we can't see things properly, 
then we can start to believe distorted things about reality, not see things as they are. That applies on every level. We don't see God correctly. We don't see his church correctly. We don't see other people correctly. We don't see ourselves correctly. And that impacts all of us. We're all spiritually blinded. Until and unless something comes that corrects our vision. It's exactly what Jesus offers to us. Grace, perfectly suited to our misshapen vision, to heal it so that we can see things rightly, that we can see reality as it is. That's what Jesus wants for us, because that's who he is. God's not a threat to our freedom. And the church and all that she teaches is not a threat to our freedom. In fact, God is the very condition for our freedom. What does he want? John 8, 32, Jesus says, If you remain in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus wants us to be free. Jesus wants us to be fully alive. John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And Jesus wants our full joy. John 15, 11. I've told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. God wants our freedom. He wants our life. He wants our joy. That's why we come to Mass. To receive the one who brings all those things to us. This interplay in the Gospel today shows exactly the danger of someone who comes to Jesus with a distorted view and Jesus who responds in a way that is meant to correct that vision. The Pharisee comes after having plotted with his confreres to test Jesus. He's not asking a question out of genuineness, like a deep desire to know what is the greatest commandment in the law. No, he's asking Jesus in order to test him. The Greek word that St. Matthew uses in this appears earlier in the gospel. It comes right when Satan tempts Jesus in the desert. So there is this nefarious way of asking this question to catch Jesus, to see if he messes up, to see if there can be something that is used against him. Which commandment is the greatest in the law? Well, Jesus could respond in all sorts of ways. There's 613 Levitical commandments. But he responds from Deuteronomy, the great Shema prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Therefore, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then Jesus adds a second piece. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's look at those two key parts. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Everything. To love God with everything. All of who you are. Jesus wants us to love him with everything that we are. Do you know why? Because he loves us. 
with everything that he is. He doesn't love us halfway. He doesn't give us, he, he doesn't give himself to us partially. He gives himself fully and freely because that's what love is, a free gift of self. And he wants to enter into every part of who we are. Every power that we have, every part of our life, Jesus wants to vivify, to bring to fullness, to make us fully alive in him. The problem is this, that we don't believe that. That we don't believe that Jesus actually loves our humanity because our humanity as we experience it as fallen human beings is broken, it's compromised. We're sinners. And we don't believe that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. We don't believe that he wants to make a home in our humanity as it is right now so that he can perfect it. What we do is think we have to perfect ourselves. We have to perfect ourselves. We have to make ourselves better. And then finally, maybe Jesus will like to dwell in me. That's the source of so much pain. The love of God is not the prize at the end of all our moral efforts. The love of God is the foundation by which we move from, from which we move, so that we can pursue greatness in all things, in our moral life, in our spiritual life, our physical existence, our intellectual existence. We start with the love of God. He gives it to us first. St. John says we love because he first loved us. We respond. Love calls for love and response. Ours is always a response to what God has first initiated. And so that's the call to let him enter every part of our life. The parts that aren't perfect, yes. The parts that are underdeveloped, yes. The parts that are sinful, Yes, my brothers and sisters, that's right where Jesus wants to enter in. He wants to enter there because he loves us and he wants us to be free and fully alive in and through his grace. So first, we're called to give ourselves back to God who gives himself to us. Can we love God with all our heart, all our strength? all our mind, all our soul. Yes, yes, because of him who first loved us, who loves us with all of himself. But brothers and sisters, that doesn't just stay with us. That's why the second part of this gospel is so beautiful. Jesus says, now, good, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because love has to be concrete. It's always person to person. Jesus, who loves us, loves us in a personal way, person to person. And he challenges us, he beckons us to love others person to person. Love only becomes real if it's given to real people. Are we ready to love like that? Well, we have to. We have to. See, these two commandments, to love God with everything and then to love our neighbors, are really one reality. 
We can't separate them. We can't really have one without the other. See, we can't love others well unless we first love God well. And if we think we can, then just think of the groups that you don't like. If we, love, if we try to love others well without loving God well, we'll just love the people who we like. But think about the people who vote different than you, who fly different flags or wear different hats. How well do you love them? Because we're called to love everybody. See, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to render us capable of loving beyond our natural capacities, to love with his love. Then the other side is also true. We can't love God without loving others, including the people we might not choose to like. Why is that? Because we can't love God without loving who he loves. But God loves everybody. He loves everybody. The people who don't vote the way we vote. The people who fly different flags or wear different hats. Jesus doesn't have a distinction between who's in and who's out. He loves everyone. Not all that we do, but he does love everybody. And so that's the challenge then. So how can we learn to love like that? Well, brothers and sisters, that's exactly why we came to Mass this morning. To let ourselves be loved. To offer ourselves back in love. And in that dynamic, to be rendered capable of going forth to love. That's Mass. We come. Jesus loves us right where we are. Are we worthy of that love? Absolutely not. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and I shall be healed. Well, Jesus does say that word to each one of us today. I want to come and dwell in you. I love you. And as we receive that gift of love, then we're called to give ourselves back in love, to offer back ourselves, to love him. Will we love him with all our heart, mind, and soul? Probably not today. But can we love him more than we did yesterday? That's the goal. That's the call. That's the opportunity. To give more of your heart to him today. And in that dynamic, then he renders us capable of going forth to love. And brothers and sisters, that is exactly what the world needs most. You see what's going on in the world. You see what's going on in our culture. The solution is nothing less and nothing more than Jesus Christ and his love. So he draws us into that dynamic. He calls us to him so that he can love us first and then we can love him back. And then together, having him within us and using all our powers for the sake of the kingdom, we're sent out into the world. That's what it means to be a believing Catholic, someone who knows Jesus and knows his love and knows the mission of bringing that love to every person. That's not for down the road. 
That's today. That's right now. That's at this Mass. So it's good you're here. It's so good you're here. May we all let Jesus love us well today. May we all love him a little more today than we ever have before. And may we be the people that he sends out into the world that needs him more than anything else. Love God today with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And then bring that love to your neighbor. It's what the world needs. Not us, then who? And if not now, then when? When?